0: How's the PowerPoint coming, guys? Okay, awesome. So they're waiting for me. Just going to bring this to the side here. And uh, we're wired down today, so we can't walk around. We're not going to run away on you. Got to stand in front of the mic, or else yell really loud. So I'll opt for the mic. Uh, Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And if you can't tell from the subtitle, um, this message is about the riches of God's glory. So that's the topic in this passage. So, the theme of the passage. Let's bow our heads in prayer and ask God to help us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the freedom for us to gather together to pronounce the name of Jesus as Lord, to worship Him for the freedom that you've given us in this country. I pray that you would help us to cherish it and protect it. And also, Lord, that um, this would all be for your glory. So I pray that you would help me and guide my words by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would bless and meet each person here and um, give them that illumination in their hearts that can only come from a personal meeting with you, God. So I pray that you would uh, meet us here and bless us through your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, aha. So, can anyone recognize these letters, what this acronym means? If you can yell it out. What you see is what you get. Yeah, so some people in the probably the business world would recognize that. Um, so yeah, what you see is what you get. It's a really famous phrase, I believe, very common English phrase. And so I was trying to find out more about it, where it came from. Um, And nothing really, I think it's so old, we don't really know where it came from. Uh, And usually it's used in a positive sense to mean like no strings attached, um, no hidden costs, simple and straightforward. Uh, Personally, I think this phrase it is, has become, you know, it's become sour. It's taken a turn for the worse. I think usually it means there is a hidden cost and they're just trying to hide it from you or something like that. Someone's probably trying to sell you something or something like that. Um, and in terms of life in general, this is a really bad attitude. So I was hearing this phrase in the song, you know, what you see is what you get, but there's more to life than meets the eyes. There's more to life than meets the eye. And I think spiritually, this phrase is the opposite of true. Um, What you see isn't what you get, because the riches of God's glory, as we're going to talk about, are largely invisible. Um, And um, only someone who is spiritually dead can have this attitude in life and, and believe it, that all there is to life is what you can see. That's the attitude of someone who's spiritually dead, because if you're spiritually alive, spiritual life is deeper, and it's under the surface, and it's in your heart. And this doesn't make it intangible to us. We still sense spiritual life, Um, but there's more to it. There's more to life than meets the eye. So that's my introduction. So let's uh, read the passage here. So let's read together, starting in verse 14. Here's what it says. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. This should be underlined, but I think my highlighter is broken in the PowerPoint. The riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So there's a lot happening in These short verses, it's really just a paragraph, um, but there's a lot going on, so let's break it down. Uh, In verse 14, the beginning, uh, it's obvious that Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote this, he's on his knees in prayer. It's an intense and sincere prayer for all Christians, and these points of prayer that we're going to look at, they're critical for spiritual growth and spiritual life, and so I believe that our prayers can model after this, our prayers for ourselves and our prayers for each other, so that we can all experience the fullness of God in our lives. So these are four prayer points that are good for us to remember. We need inner strength by the Holy Spirit. It says that in verse 16, that we'd be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. It's inner strength. It's not... The external man that needs to be strengthened. It's not what you can see. It's not like your body and flesh. It's not that that needs strengthened. It's it's the inner man. It's your soul that needs strengthening by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Secondly, rooted with a firm foundation in God's love. You can see that in verse 17, that you be rooted and grounded in love, God's love. Think of think of Christ as the, the strong foundation, the firm foundation. When the storm comes and if the house is built on the strong foundation, if your life is built on Christ, the storm won't knock you over. Um, Christ is our rock in the church. Another important point in verse 17 is it says, with all the saints, that's in verse 18 actually. But importantly, it's not that we're alone in our faith. There is no lone wolf Christians. Um, we all need each other, and we're all together in this. So spiritual depth comes from uh, fr- from Christ and also from fellowship together. So another one of the points is apprehension of knowledge of Christ's love. So in verse eighteen, it says uh, it's talking about the dimensions of. Christ's love the breadth and length and height and depth and it says that this love surpasses understanding so i put apprehension of knowledge not comprehension of knowledge because it's more it says it's more than knowledge it surpasses knowing so clearly if if the word comprehension or like some kind of possession is used that's that's not a good expression it should be apprehension of knowledge We can grab onto this, and we can hang onto this like a a rope in the storm or whatever, like a lifeline. We can hold onto it, but we can't get the whole thing inside of our heads or our hearts. It's bigger than that. The dimensions are too huge, you know, the breadth and length and height and depth. You can make it as big as you want. Think about the universe. It's a big place. Um, God's love is greater, infinite love, endless love. We were just singing about his endless love. So this is good, that we would pray for each other to apprehend this love in faith, through faith. And finally, uh, in the prayer points, there's the prayer that we would experience the fullness of life with God or with Christ, same person. Um, The fullness. So I want to contrast this with emptiness. So... What you see is what you get. That's an empty way to live, in my mind, just what's on the surface. But the fullness of life with God is so full, it's more than you can imagine. And we're going to see that in the next section. Before that, let's do a little review. What are these four prayer points? If I go home, if I'm maybe praying sometime this week, what can I pray for people? We can pray for spiritual strength for one another, strength by the Holy Spirit that we'd be empowered to, um, to live life in a way that uh, is fitting for a Christian, that we'd have inner strength, not outer strength. We can pray that we would have roots and a strong foundation. If you want to build a very tall building, you have to dig deep. You have to dig down and put a big foundation in. Um, In Halifax, I'm walking around a lot and I see these huge holes that they're excavating. And most of the work, you know, a year or two years, excavating, 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 laying foundation, pouring concrete, excavating, excavating, and they've got this huge hole. And then that's the majority of the effort. After that, the building just goes up in no time, like half a year or something. That's the easy part. Going up is hard, is easy. It's digging down that's hard. So we pray that we would have roots and a strong foundation and with the saints. That's an important point with that. Knowledge, knowledge of the word, knowledge of God's love and fullness of life. Pray for each other that we wouldn't find life empty because that's always a danger that, that you'd fall into the old ways, the old man, the ways of uh, sin and go into a what you see is what you get kind of attitude and just say okay well life is what it's worth on the surface and that's all I have no pray that we would seek that fullness of life that only comes with fellowship and peace with God so those are prayer points put it back up really there's no good it's not like SRKF it's not a word or anything uh, but I don't know strength roots knowledge and fullness pray for one another as Paul prayed for us He's a good example. So there's an outline. This is an outline of the next two verses. Unto him who is able to do all. You, we've probably, many of us heard this before, but it's just the outline of what it says. Now unto him that is able to do all, above all, abundantly above all, exceedingly abundantly above all, that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen. God is so much, so able to do all that we even think, like more, more than you can imagine. These are the riches of God's glory, and it's, we need to apprehend this and live in these promises and understand, you know, I don't need to worry if I can pray, and God will provide for me if I simply have faith and follow him. It's not about what you see, riches, It's about these riches of God's glory, which are not visible most of the time. So continuing on, there are some PowerPoints that I highlighted, but I made this presentation on my cell phone, so I guess it didn't work too well. I can't underline stuff easily on that. So PowerPoints, let's look for them together. Where does the word power come up? This is actually not the NASB that I started with. This is the NIV translation because they use the word power three times. So first up, it says, power through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's where the power is coming from, the Holy Spirit that indwells us, that's in our hearts. If you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. That's your source of power. It's not your own power. Don't think that you can beat sin in your own power. You can't. No one can. Don't think that you can save yourself. Christ is the only one who can save. You know, Christians, you know, at first, if you're saved, you've admitted, I'm not sufficient to conquer my own sin. I need a savior. That's what it means to get saved. I need a savior. You turn to Jesus and repent of your sin. And sometimes, as we live as Christians through the days and weeks and years, we forget that initial attitude. I need a savior, and it's not me that can conquer sin. I can't beat it. Uh, But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to live as Christians. So we can't forget this attitude even if we're mature, even if we're in the word. We can easily slip in our attitude. Attitude is very important. Um, So let's walk in the spirit. What's another PowerPoint that we can find? it goes on and it says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Power with the saints. There's power in fellowship. There's power in worship together. There's power in prayer together. There's power in prayer alone too and worship alone too. But it's, they're not the same. You can't, you can't forsake the assembling together. You, you can't survive alone. There are no lone wolf Christians. We need each other. We need each other a lot to encourage one another, to pray for another, one another, um, to worship together. So there's power in that. There's power in the church, the true church of Christ, the body of Christ. What's another PowerPoint? Uh, it should be highlighted. It's at the end that you be be filled with the fullness of God. Yeah, yeah, there it is. According to the power, you found it before me, according to whose power? His power, that is, it is at work within us. It's not our own power at work within us. It's God's power. So out of all these, the point is, it's not your own power, basically. It's God's, it's each other's. All right, so we're not going to sing because Sam has his message, but maybe at the end we can sing Christ live within me, because the whole... Summary of spiritual life, if you want, is in Colossians one twenty-seven b Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ liveth in me. That's, that's the center of spiritual life, Christ living in you, the resurrection. That's what it's all about. So I already took more than 15 minutes, but you can drag the clock back five, Sam. Feel free. And uh, yeah, thank you for your attention, All awesome. Sam.
1: Maybe we can sing Christ Liveth in Me. That would be a good idea. Just while I pull this out. If you don't mind leading it, Nick. Sorry, guys. Good morning, everybody. Um, So, Nick took a few extra minutes, but last time it's okay, because Nick took, I think, 21 minutes, and I took six. (laughs) So, I think we're okay. Uh, I don't think this is going to be too long. Um, I'm just going to open in prayer and uh, ask God to help us here. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this beautiful day, uh, for your word, Lord, and Your love, and all that You give us, Lord, and um, all Your blessings. I just, Lord, I pray that You would uh, strengthen me as I uh, teach Your word, Lord, and I pray that You would encourage, uh, encourage, us, encourage us all here this morning, and that You would help us to um, look to You this week, and um, that we would trust in You fully. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, I'm gonna. Speak on, and I don't have a PowerPoint, so this is going to be kind of boring. So uh, I'm going to speak on John, First John chapter one, verses one to four. So it's it's just a very short little passage here, but it is packed with a lot of amazing truth about God and about how He's revealed Himself to us. And uh, so I'm going to um, I'm going to start in verse one, as is pretty normal. And I'm actually going to be reading from the NLT version, so a little different, but it's, it's easy to understand, and that's, that's kind of why I picked it, because it's, it's a simple version, so uh, I'm going to start in verse 1. We, cr- we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, the one whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our eyes, and we touched him with our hands. He is the word of life. This, this one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and he was revealed to us. We proclaim, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that, you're, so that you may fully share our joy um so um first John or John is typically when he uh in his gospel and in his books, um he seems to have uh, kind of a he leans toward telling people, you know, yeah, I've seen christ, I've seen him, I've touched him, I know who he is, you know, and um it's almost like he's defending uh the word of God, he's defending what he's seen. What he's saying in this is, is about how God has revealed himself to us. So, uh, in verse 1, it says, What we proclaim to you, the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our eyes and we touched him with our hands. There's kind of a progression here. So, at the, the first part of it says, um, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, who we have seen, oh, sorry, whom we have heard. And the fir- the first point is that we've heard him, he is audible. God has shared with us his word, and he's um, containing just information about him um, containing um, his nature so that we can understand who he is so he's, he's shared us he's shared with us audibly through his word, and we've heard him, we've been able to read about him, we've been able to you know through word of mouth. The second point is that he's visible we you know, he's come to earth in the, form of, um, in, the, in the form of human flesh as Jesus Christ. And he's created, I mean, his creation is also visible. It's a visible way God has revealed himself to us. And the third way that he's revealed himself to us physically is that he was tangible. He, he revealed himself through a physical body, not through just an apparition, not just through someone who came and showed himself and then went away he he was physically on earth as a human being and um so it kind of gets better and better i mean if you think about um think about a a musical artist you listen to them on the radio you hear them first and they've revealed themselves to you in that way you've heard them then you go see them in concert and you see them up close and that's pretty cool too and then and then you you can actually meet them and shake their hand and that's really cool but that's kind of glorifying people. This is God. This is God himself. He has made himself heard. He's made himself seen. And he has also allowed us to come close enough to be able to, to, to uh, shake his hand, basically, or touch him. And even, even to the point of healing people and giving to the poor. And um, you, you see the blind man in John 9. He physically picked up some mud and put it in his eyes and, and healed him that way. Or you see the woman with the discharge of blood. She just touched his garment, and she, was, and she was healed. So God has revealed himself to us in those three ways, and they're kind of a progression. It's really, it's really amazing how that works. Um, sometimes I even wonder if John even knew what he was writing, if he really even knew the, you know, the progression that he was writing there. Um, it says, He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you the one who is eternal life. Um, it's Jesus Christ, it's God, who's revealed himself to us. Um, so this is, so. verse two is kind of written almost as, as a, um, in most versions, as kind of a side note. It's kind of just explaining who Christ is. Christ is this living word that we talk about. Verse three is a yet another way that God has shared himself with us and continues to share himself with us. Um, verse three, it says, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Um, in this verse, it's, it goes even a step further from physically being among us. It says that Christ... Not only is heard, not only is seen, not only is touched, but he's also able. He also has personally revealed himself to us as a friend. He's called us. Um, he's called us brothers, uh, if we believe on him and if we know him. Um, he has invited us into a personal relationship with him, into a friendship with him, and that goes way beyond any of the physical. Revelations. I mean, Nick just talked about how most of our blessings, most of our riches in Christ, are invisible. Well, this is almost an invisible blessing that we have. Uh, we don't even know how far this blessing goes yet. Um, he calls us to fellowship, which is a very common word in the church, typically meaning food, but <laughs> not in this case. <laughs> it typically means food in our context, but actually, what it, the actual meaning is is brotherhood or family, or community, and he calls us together, like Nick said a few times, we can't forsake the assembling of ourselves together, the only way this is possible is with God, and having fellowship with God himself, and which is amazing, it's the almighty God, the one who created the world, and who created us, and, and uh, he knows everything about us, he knows our sin, he knows, um, you know, what we struggle with, and he knows all of that. But yet he wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to have brotherhood, family, community with us. And it's just an amazing thing that that's, that's what God wants. And um, just the fact that the everlasting God is knowable. Um, the last verse uh, is kind of, it's almost like a response to that amazing truth. In verse 4 it says, we are writing these things to you so that you may fully share our joy, or in most versions it says that your joy may be full. And um, uh, I shared this morning Psalm 23. It was actually in my message. Um, The thought that came to my mind was when David says, my cup runs over. He's overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord. He's overwhelmed with the fact that God has given himself for him and that he's you know, he's in the family of God. God leads him. God is with him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's God's, um, God's presence in our lives personally that is just the most amazing gift. So just to wrap up, um, God has revealed himself audibly or in, in his word where we he, where he can read about him. He's revealed himself visibly, which is yet a little better through his creation, through Jesus Christ. He's tangible, which is even closer. That's that's where you can actually meet Jesus. But even further than that, he desires to be our friend. He desires to, be, to have fellowship with us. And um, we can all have fellowship together because of him. So I think I'm gonna close in prayer, and I think we're gonna sing Boldly I Approach to close. I don't think I told the guys that, but I think three or four of us discussed it, so... I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for uh, your life that you give, for your eternal life, for um, giving us breath, and Lord, for um, sending your Son to die for us, Lord, and that we can have fellowship with you, that we can be in a close relationship with you, Lord. Um, I pray that that would be a reality for all of us, that we would know you and that we would seek you with all our hearts, And um, this week, Lord, that we would focus on you and uh, on your word. And uh, I pray all these things, Lord, in your holy and precious name. Amen.